Hello and welcome to this week's Golf Alternative podcast, uh, the only podcast out there that gives you the best in PGA Tour golf betting tips each week, alongside a great musical playlist, alternative music playlist that uh, we put together, put out on Spotify, and you can listen to uh, alongside the pod each week. So we had um, another great week's golf, both on the DP World Tour and, of course, on the PGA Tour. And it was Billy Horschel's turn to uh, get back in the winner's enclosure. Uh, Producer, superb performance uh, down at Jack's place. Uh, took the tournament via its scruff of its neck on Saturday with a superb 65, uh, while our man Cam Smith was... Uh, struggling to find a fairway so uh, uh i'm sure we'll talk about that more in a minute so yeah it was um billy been threatening a win for a a little while this year been putting in some good performances and um he uh duly delivered and um yeah that's his uh third title uh in just over 12 months uh albeit um his first stroke play win on the pga tour uh in in a few years because his last two wins obviously were pga at wentworth and um the uh wgc match play last year so uh so well done to billy and we'll, we'll talk about that more in a second when we bring our guest in for the week as as you know we always uh look to have um uh the best in the golf betting tipping world uh guest wise on each week and um, I'm delighted to say that um, uh, Jamie Worsley is joining us again this week. Um, Jamie's obviously been on with us a couple of times before from Betting Odds UK, and uh, great to have Jamie back on. Um, good evening, Jamie. How are you keeping? Oh, Matt, uh, I'm fine. Thanks, are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm good. Um, really appreciate you taking the time to come back on again. And uh, as you were just reminding me beforehand, I think to... Uh, um, throw you the challenge, uh, the challenging events because last time you were with us uh, uh, was uh, for the Mexico Open where we had another new course, and this week I've um, uh, dragged you in kicking and screaming to try and get uh, get some sense out of Canada. So uh, really appreciate you sort of uh, putting your neck on the block for that, as it were. But um, uh, but before we get onto Canada, obviously as always, we'll have a recap of last week. And um, how, how was Memorial for you? Was um, was was did you have any joy, or was Billy someone who had been on your radar? Um, well, yeah, uh, Horschel's been on my radar quite a bit this year. I had him when he was second at the Arnold Palmer. Yeah. But, yeah, not only last week. I had a couple of places, but uh, reduced because of time. I had Brendan Steele, um, 150 to 1, with 10 places. Bogged the last to drop into a three-way tie. Right. So I went from a hefty return to a you know an average return. Right, so you went for the 10 places because um, yeah, yeah. I, I know last week's guest, uh, Niall Lyons <laughs> from uh, Ozcheck, he put him up, but he only went for the eight places, I think. So, uh, um, so uh, yeah, I know he was um, he was frustrated as I, I was for him, obviously, and for you that uh, uh, Steele made, made the bogey at the last. So, uh, but uh, yeah, well, well done on sneaking something on, on, on the 10 places. And uh, you had someone else in the places as well, did you last week? Yeah, uh, Zalatoris, yeah, right, he's got, he's got reduced as well, you know, but. For some reason, after all my guys had finished and they were all sat in decent positions in the places and it was playing tough, the yeah. wind died down and everybody started holding putts and making birdies. So, <laughs> you know, I went from being quite confident about nicking some full, a couple of full places to, you know, ended up sweating. Yeah, yeah. Well, you did, you, you did, you did, you did better than me anyway, because um, I, for my stock, stock record week in, week out, it was just another of those weeks where it promised a lot and then, uh, Fizzled out. Had had Cam Smith. Um, I felt that his course form might um, be something you could put to one side based on you, you know what I thought was the suitability to the course uh, and the fact that I guess he managed the top fifteen without barely finding a fairway from sort of 
Friday onwards uh, uh, shows that he can uh, can manage the course. But um, in, in the end, as the course firmed up and got tougher, his, uh, his sort of struggle from tee to green um, uh, caught up with him. And, and that's obviously, you'll know, as a... A golf tipster and punter, that's the frustrating thing when you pick someone because you think, uh, you know, their approach play that they're number one for on, on tour in the season will uh, uh, suit, suit what's needed for the course and then they get a good finish. Yeah. But, um, you, well, that was, know, Smith at the P- I was on Cam Smith at the PGA and he had one of his worst, you know, the worst putty weeks of his yeah, life. So, yeah. Well, I did actually, I mean, I had the thought if he'd, um, if he'd been able to bring his approach play game from the PGA and marry it to the short game that he had this, this weekend, he'd have won by about 10, wouldn't he? But, uh, <laughs> Uh, there you go. That's golf for you. And um, and, and my other, so we know, you know, obviously, um, uh, two of ours missed the cut, and uh, uh, one plodded around at the back end of the field. But the other guy we had in the mix, uh, Keith Mitchell, who was um, uh, right in the hunt um, uh, going into Saturday, he had a poor Saturday, and of course, he had a good Sunday. Um, shame he didn't. Uh, Cam Smith and have the Sunday Mitchell had, but um, Mitchell had a good Sunday to go forward, but. Uh, he was a couple of shots shy of the places in the end as well. So uh, another sort of what, what could have been type week. But um, yeah, so, but uh, as you say, but Billy Horsch has been threatening a win all season. And um, uh, he uh, apparently uh, him and Fooch had a bit of a sit down sort of heart to heart after he missed the cut at Colonial last week and uh, um, uh, and, and sort of managed to reset themselves. And uh, yeah, it all, it all came together. And I guess it'll see the wonderful degree of hindsight. You could have looked at, Billy's um, near miss at the Arnold Palmer, which obviously often links in in well with Memorial. Mm. Uh, uh, Bryson's won both events. And then you could have looked at uh, uh, his runner-up finish at the Nicholas Design concession last year and that kind of thing. And there was certainly a, a case for him to, um, uh, you know, he had a decent bits of course form as well to produce it at Memorial. But um, well done to Billy. And uh, uh, and a debut win over on the DP World Tour for Samuja, I believe. Um, and yeah, uh, yeah a, a ridiculous 64 on Sunday. Was uh, uh, Did you have any joy over there or any or any of the other secondary events? Or, or yeah, the, another know, shared place again. Another shared place again in Germany with uh, Schneider came flying through the field in the uh, final round. At one point, to be honest, he was ahead of um, Samuja. It looked like he might have been the one to post the lowest round of the day maybe threatened the leaders but Samuya came flying through the unbelievable performance you know uh, yeah. three shots better than anybody um, else for the entire week let alone in the final round it's, yeah, no, it's uh yeah very, very yeah i mean obviously i didn't follow the event as closely as i followed the memorial obviously but uh yeah when someone does that on a sunday i mean i, he was, I would imagine he was what any any price you like yesterday morning i assume sort of 250 oh, yeah. to one or or, or 501 or, or, or whatever would have been huge odds, wouldn't he, yesterday morning? But um, yeah. Uh, what, what about uh, at the um, uh, the women's major? Any any joy there at all? No, I put a tweet out yesterday to, to show where the women at uh, the US Open went. Um, I had two, two chances of places going into the final round, 100 to one shot, and after five holes, they were both five over. So yeah. <laughs> that's when I started <laughs> concentrating more on watching the memorial. Yeah. So, well, you did better than I did last week anyway. So, uh, yeah. Um, and uh, hopefully we can turn it around with Canada. And um, uh, we're going to have, um, I'd imagine this week's music's going to have a bit of a Canadian theme uh, to it. And before we uh, move on and talk about uh, what's coming up in, in, in the week ahead, um, uh, I think you've got a song that uh, t- brings a bit of a Canada link and also ties in with um, uh, Billy last week as your uh, first uh, song pick for the week, Jamie. So yeah, yeah I've, you know, quite a spurious link. I've gone with Simple Plan, you know, the Canadian pop punk rock band, that type of you know, some 41, yeah. Blink-182 type stuff from the yeah. 
early noted. I do think they're still going now. But I've, uh, they, get, they had a song, I think it was the first song they had actually called I'm Just a Kid. So Billy the Kid. Um, it's it's um, been, you know, on the soundtrack of like a lot of these teen comedy type stuff, I think, you know. So it'd be quite a familiar song to most, I think. Right, yeah. So it's not one I know, I must confess. I know the band. I know them by my name, certainly. Not a band I closely know their stuff. So looking forward to listening to it. And um, yeah, as I say, we're going to have a bit of a Canadian theme running through, no doubt, this week. But um, uh, but before we talk about Canada, I guess we can't really go um, on to Canada until we touch on, um, uh, of course, what uh, will be coming up this week, which is the debut Live Golf event, uh, which takes place at the Centurion Club in London. Uh, if you're so inclined, you could have been getting your free tickets for, I think, the whole uh, whole week if you'd followed Lee Westwood's uh, code that he put out on Twitter yesterday. So um, if you paid your 160-odd quid a few weeks ago, you wouldn't be very happy by now. But um, uh, I guess they literally are giving the tickets away to, to get people through the doors and um uh we're recording this at uh, just about half past eight on monday evening uk time and the sort of story is developing as, as we go but i believe literally in the last 20 minutes or so phil nicholson has committed himself as that 48th man um he's decided that 200 plus million is um uh worth um uh growing the game for so um yeah uh what, what did you make of that jamie i think you've seen the you've probably seen um uh more, more closely in the last half hour or so what phil said than i have so uh uh a surprise to see him or, or, or not oh not not surprised at all i mean it, um, when the field was announced last week didn't it say there was five qualifiers to come from the asian yeah. tour events or something and then there was one to be announced i think everybody thought that that one to be announced was going to be mickelson so yeah. No surprise. I mean, it, the, the letter he sent out is just a lot of blah, blah, blah. And then I intend to play the majors. That's the main thing that I took from it. Yeah, I mean, I've not seen. I've literally not seen the letter at all yet because I was just prepping for the pod. And as I say, the news has just sort of broken in the 15, 20 minutes or, or so before. But it was um, pretty much what we, we expected, obviously. And I believe the figure, as I say, banded around is 200 million plus so uh, uh dj won't be happy about that uh he'll be perhaps looking to up his de deal a bit because he was a hundred million or so wasn't he so uh yeah, yeah. and it's i mean you know what if, if i had a chance of sort of 10 minutes with greg norman to discuss this i i would be saying to him so okay you you, you said it's good for the game so let's forget about the money for a second let's forget about sort of uh where the money's coming from what in what you're putting forward format wise is good for the game because uh, you, you know i just don't see it i mean basically in in um in in his ideal scenario they'd have the top 50 or so players in the world uh playing in a closed shop for mega money every week where last place still gets a million dollars or whatever um and you know we get 14 wgcs a week of which the vast majority will be played on american soil so um i don't see how that could be good for the game in any way shape or form so let's just call it what it is which is a sort of um a, a big cash grab and sports sports washing exercise and um and, and yeah you know so so if the money was coming from where the money was coming from and they brought in an open type qualifying process where literally any professional golfer could go to a qualifying event, you know, and uh, uh, a member of the PGA Association or whatever and, and look to get in it and someone could change their life and have a fairy tale story or whatever and come through it. And, you know, DJ had to go through the same qualifying process as, as sort of 
Ted Potter Jr. or whoever uh, to get in it, um, then you could argue that, um, okay, let's put to one side where the money's coming from, that it could potentially be good for the game and life-changing for someone. But, you know, there's none of that. You know, if they were playing one week in Brazil and another week in sort of, you you know, the Honduras and another week in sort of, uh, uh, you you know, sort of Bolivia or wherever, I don't know, and just sort of dotted it around the world, then you could argue it's good for the game and growing the game. But again, there's none of that. So, um, and and all the players who try to say otherwise, I mean, you know, why don't they just come clean and say they're for the money? Because we all know they are. So, yeah. I mean, I I wouldn't necessarily respect them more, but, you know, it'd be a lot lot more palatable to listen to someone just come out and say, actually, it's a lot of money, you know, that's why I've taken it. All, all yeah. this nonsense about growing the game. I mean, you look over on the DP World Tour this week where they have men and women go, going up against mm. each other on you know on yeah. an equal footing on the same leaderboard for the same for the same prize money. That, that's growing the game. That you know. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I mean, to be honest, I don't even know. I assume it is being covered by some means. Or you, you can watch it in the UK on some broadcasting network of some description or other but it's on youtube isn't it it's on youtube is it will you will you be would you tune in will you tune in for 20 minutes out of curiosity and... well yeah well, that's what it is isn't it? i just thought there's no chance you know i mean as you know i bet i bet a lot of these events and i've, I've decided yeah. i won't be betting on this and first i thought i won't watch it but i can um, i can imagine tuning in for a bit to just see if it's as versatile to watch as it has been to you know in the build-up to it <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm just looking now, actually, because uh, I hadn't even looked to see if there were any odds. Uh, and there are odds. I'm not going to go through the odds because I'm not previewing the event here, obviously, but there are odds <laughs> out there. Uh, let's see if there's only four firms who have priced it up so far, looking at that. So, um, yeah. And, and, you know, as I say, I, I can get why some of these players would, you know, I can get why Peter Uline would think, OK, let's 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 go for this. And, you know, and I'm sure if... Uh, uh, I, I got to have ten minutes chat with Peter Uline, or, or looking down this list, Wade Ormsby, or um, Sean Norris, or, or whatever. Then they would all say, "Well, yeah, you know, I'm playing for the money, you know, because I'm yeah. not, you, you know, let's call them, you, you know, a spade a spade." Peter Uline isn't doing what we thought he would do on no. on the uh, PJ Tour, and he's he's not making shed loads of money. So I'm sure he's making some reasonable money, but by the time he's paid his caddy and his expenses every week, I appreciate he's not not making fortunes. And, um, yeah, it's a chance to make a lot of money. So I can sort of get that. But, you know, come on, DJ Phil and Lee Westwood, et cetera. And, and I, don't, I really don't understand why Taylor Gooch. Oh, um, it's shocking from Gooch. I mean, he's, he's, he's in the prime of his career, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sam Horsfield as well. That's, that's another one. Well, you, we, yeah. Walter's been in Horsfield, do you? Yeah, no, that's 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 that was my thought, and I did. I mean, I put out on Twitter last week, and I really don't know how this works, but I don't know if if Horsfield, as someone who, of course, he's not a PGA Tour member, so therefore can't be sanctioned by them. Um, if he um, managed to get enough points, let's say he had a top five in the Open or something, and managed to get where he needed to to get to, to the Corn Ferry Finals later this year, uh, if he could clean up on these live events through this summer, uh, and then go and play the Corn Ferry Finals and get a PGA Tour card. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he could, you know, I don't know if there's going to be a route for him to do that or, or not, or somehow he'd be prevented from doing that if he obviously got the necessary ranking position to do that. So, um, so I don't know, and, and I mean, you have to look at as, as a business situation as well. You have, I mean, again, Phil, Phil Mickelson's coming towards the end of his career, and you, you know, if he if he got banned or, or, or what have you, it wouldn't impact him in the way that it would impact a, a Gooch or um, 
at the Horsfield. Uh, so then you have to look at, okay, what happens, you know, from these players' point of view, the Gooches of the world and Horsfields and Swaffords or whatever, um, if um, the Saudis pull the plug on this? Because at the end of the day, it's, it's as I said, I think when Matt Cooper was on here the other week and we were talking about it, uh, you, you know, from a business model point of view, you are very much, you know, they put all their eggs in the basket of the Saudi money. And if someone on a whim at Saudi Arabia in 12 months' time decides, okay, well, we're not getting the players we thought into this and we'd rather throw our money somewhere else uh, and the whole thing falls apart, um, then um, where do these guys go if they've received a ban? You know, would the PGA Tour welcome back welcome back with open arms? We, we don't know. So, mm. um, yeah. So, so um, yeah. Um, but, I, you know, I, I mean, as I say, I, I'm, a, I'm a realist. I can see why, you know, and I'll, I'll ask you a question, Jamie, You can and you can plead the Fifth Amendment, if you like, because um, you didn't know I was going to ask you this question. Uh, if, let's just say, someone from Lib Golf approached you, uh, and said, Jamie, we need um, we need someone to cover these events, um, and we'll pay your expense. You know, I don't know what you you know to do for a living day in day out, but you know, we'll we'll pay your expenses to fly out to all of these events, and we'll pay you I don't know, sort of um, uh, ten thousand dollars an event that you're going to write on and do a blog and what have you, and you know, we'll put you up in all the hotels out there. Would you consider it? Because <laughs> uh, uh, I think, let's be honest, we would, wouldn't we? So yeah. we up, up it two hundred thousand dollars an event, and I might be <laughs> two hundred thousand. That's that's your going rate. Is it? Yeah. So, <laughs> if Liv Gold for listening, Jamie Worsley might be available for two hundred thousand dollars and all expenses. Um, yeah. So uh, and I possibly might as well. So uh, yeah. <laughs> but um, so so I do understand it, and everything's relative. But you, you, you know, ultimately, um, um, you, you, you know. If I was in the situation that, um, you know, if I was earning, let's put it another way, if I was earning a million dollars a year writing on golf, uh, and then I was offered five million dollars a year to write on this, would I want to do it? No, I probably wouldn't. No, but, no. You know, no, it's, no, it's no, easy no, for me I, to. I yeah, but it's easy for me to say that sitting there, isn't it? So, um, anyway, I've got a song for it. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, at least it's good for something. And uh, I know we had a double Depeche Mode week last week, but um, I've just had this song going, probably because we had Depeche Mode last week, I've had this song going round in my head when I've been thinking about Live, live Golf um, uh, with the grabbing hands, grab all they can lyric, uh, Everything Counts by Depeche Mode. And um, uh, there's actually an amazing, when I was talking to Niall about this last week, and the pod, there's, there's a great live version of this from uh, a, a live record they put out, which was, I think was recorded at the Pasadena in a Rose Bowl in 1988. So um, so my first song pick of the week is Everything Counts, the live version uh, by the Pesh Mode with the lyrics that stuck in my head, uh, the grabbing hands, grab all they can. And I think that's quite poignant for the week. <laughs> so um, so enough live golf. Um, let's move on to the RBC Canadian Open. Uh, and um, it's uh, the last big event, of course, before we head to... Uh, the US Open at Brookline next week. And uh, again, as we speak, the US Open qualifying is uh, going on, the final qualifying. <coughs> oh, excuse me. So be prepared for the fact that um, who you're backing this week, um, if they do suddenly come through qualifying, uh, could um, 
uh, could could suddenly uh, withdraw and um, uh, you know decide to um, prep themselves, uh, you know, for for Brookline. So uh, I mean, pulling up the leaderboards as we speak, uh, Troy Merritt's leading one of the events down in um, Ohio, um, uh, along with Nick Hardy and Bo Hostler's up there. Mm. So uh, looks like they might be heading to Brookline. Uh, the other big event down in Ohio um, is uh, where are we? Um, being led by um where are we davis riley's up there yet again and danny lee um so yeah so anyway we could um could see some players pulling out um come um come come when the final qualifying's uh um concluded so uh but um in the meantime several big names are looking to use this week to tune up it's quite a sort of top heavy field you've got uh, quite a few big names at the top but once you get past the sort of 66 to 1 shots there's a, a lot of um i guess sort of um uh you, you, you know sort of lower ranked players and obviously a lot of canadians who have um uh you know been given exemptions etc for obvious reasons uh but uh defending champion rory McElroy's here scotty scheffler's here justin thomas is here um and uh, they're all looking for a final tune-up before uh, they head off to brookline um the course um uh, st george's golf and country club in toronto uh it's a um past 70 it was last used in 2010 for this event and it's had a uh sort of complete redo in 2014 i think it was since we can't actually read too much into that leaderboard from 2010 um Interestingly, though, as a par 70, uh, it's got five par fives and sorry, five par threes and three par fives. So it's not your standard two par fives, um, four par threes, par 70. It's got five par threes and three par fives. Um, And um, yeah, it's uh, as I say, it's uh, um, first time here since 2010. It measures just over um, 7000 yards and um, uh it's bent grass greens uh from what i've seen and of course we always get into speculation uh, when we look at a new course but from what i've seen it looks very much to be a second shot course um a little bit of room off the tee although the fairways are tree lined and i think if you do stray the rough is up uh mm. but the greens are quite small uh and there's fairly penal rough around the greens and um uh with a sort of eye on the us open they're looking to get them running at about 12 and a half on the stint meter um so i think it's a case of um find, finding the greens um good iron play so um what are your thoughts on the track what have you uh thinking we're looking for this week jamie yeah like i say it looks like a second shot golf course even though it it look, it's one of those bit reminds me a bit of um herbertown in that it's because of how dense the trees are it looks it, it's like quite claustrophobic but actually there is yeah. a lot of room off the tee so there's a lot of quite wide landing areas in the fairways so mm-hmm. you know if it's i do mean there's still going to be a premium premium on accuracy because as you said the rough's going to be up and the course superintendent said that they wanted to get it you know up to to, to give the players a challenge similar to what they're going to have next week at the US Open. So the rough is going to be up. So you're going to have to find the fairways to play the course well because the greens look quite tricky. You know, they're quite sloped and undulating. Mm. And, you know, there's a lot of bunkers around them as well. So, you know, you're, you're going to be in trouble if you if you miss the greens, I think, around here. Yeah, yeah, that's what I've, I've picked up on as, as well. So, 
Um, uh, History-wise, to say, we were last here in 2010, so we can't really read too much into that. For what it's worth, uh, uh, Carl Pettersson won the event that year. Uh, and um, the leaderboard, uh, as I say, with a huge caveat that the game has moved on, obviously, considerably since then. And, you know, some of the bigger hitters will obviously still attack these sort of past 70 shorter tracks. Um, but the leaderboard was sort of dotted back then <coughs> with the likes of um, Luke Donald and Tim Clark and Bob Estes and Bryce Mulder and Jeff Quinney and Charlie Wee were all in the top 10, basically. So um, so certainly if that had been, um, if we were, if we sort of um, time travelled back to 2011 and, and were playing this event on the same course the year after, we would uh, certainly be saying we want the, the sort of shorter, shorter plodders, as it were. But uh, yeah. uh, obviously, um, as I say, we've had a redo <coughs> and, um, you know, we've moved on 10, 10 years. So, uh, and the game's moved on. So, um, uh, to, to me, it's more about looking at, and uh, I don't know if you're the same, Jamie, it's about looking at the fact that we're a week before a major um, and, um, you know, something I've pointed out in my preview and, and I sort of pointed out before the last event before a major, the Byron Nelson, is if you put actually Rory to one side in this back in 2019 uh, and the events that were played um, or the WGC's FedEx events that were played uh, the, the week before um, uh, the PGA when PGA used to be back in August or the Bridgestone event as it was back then as well. It really is a case that you get um, get players with uh, uh, lesser reputations picking up these events while the big names tune up, basically. And um, we've seen KH Lee win the last two events before the PGA this year and last year. We've seen JJ Spawn win in Texas. Uh, we've seen Higo win this time last year at the one-off Palmetto. Um, we've seen uh, Carlos Ortiz win before the the Autumn Open um, in Houston. Um, we've seen Dylan Fritelli win before the Open when he won the John Deere. So, uh, so we've seen a few, um, uh, you, you know, a few Skinners come in, as it were, over the last couple of years. Um, Jordan Spieth did win before the Masters last year, but he was certainly on a mission to pick a win up because he hadn't won since 2017. And obviously, he always, you know, wants to perform in Texas. But uh, all in all, it wouldn't be a surprise to see uh, a bit more of a left field name get get the job done this yeah. this week. So um, yeah, I've got. Gone light. I've gone light on it this week because you know because of what you say what you say about the major next week it's because of it, it's an unfamiliar course as well I didn't want to get over over involved overly involved in it so. yeah no I, I take your point and I've kept uh, uh, all my stakes this week at a sort of one one point etc and um, uh, yeah so um, so let's uh, let's roll into the picks uh, and um, yeah uh, I think you've gone for the shortest price player of any of us so i'll let you start off with a bit of a bit of a canadian theme uh, jamie yeah i've gone for uh corey connor's um you know um we know he's one of the best ball strikers on tour and i'm a sucker for a good approach performance the week before an event for the next event and he led the field last week at muirfield after a couple of poor iron displays in his two events previous you know he's super consistent um eight finishing the top 25 this year his last five events is on Sixth at the Masters, twelfth at the Heritage, twenty-first at Wells Fargo, then followed uh, Miss Cut at the PGA with the thirteenth place finish last week at Memorial. Um, you know, he's a fantastic driver as well. He's straight. I mean, I know uh, I don't think driving is going to be hugely important this week, but like I said, finding for, finding fairways will be, and he's both 
has distance has enough distance and is uh, accurate. Short game has been solid enough this year as well. <clears throat> um, you know, he's got former heritage in Colonial, two tighter tree lines, shorter tracks. You know, four for heritage. I think he's finished, and he's got an eighth place finish at Colonial. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I think look, looking at this week, um, he's, he's going to be extra motivated. You know, playing in a um, playing his national off because particularly he's got quite a poor record in it. Well, that's the one thing, Charles. That sorry to butt in. That's the one thing that put me off of it, and I'm just uh, put me off of him, I should say. And I'm just trying to pull up his record now. So um, uh, feel free to keep talking about Corey when I find his record. But that was uh, here we go. Yeah, um, uh, in his um, six starts, uh, it's uh, an 80th. Um, uh, so I'm assuming that was back in the days of um, MDF or, or, or what have you. Um, uh, but uh, an 80th and five missed cuts. So he, he's yeah. not he's, he's he's not performed well under the home pressure yeah. yet. But that's not to say he can't do. And well, that I mean, was... obviously, the last time we had this event was three years ago. And he's become a much yeah. more well-rounded, more just it's just a better player now, isn't it? Yeah, no, of course. Yeah, yeah, t- totally. And uh, uh, that was the thing that put me off. I mean, I'm going down the, f- the Canadian route for my my first pick, which we'll uh, come to in a second. But uh, that was the one thing that put me off. Uh, uh, I mean, he's also on a positive, and I'll, I'll talk about this course from a correlating point of view a bit more when I get into my, my one of my picks. Um, but he's also got a reasonable record at, um, at the Valspar as well, hasn't he, at Copperhead? Yeah. Uh, which um, is a track which, as I say, you know, I've looked at quite closely this week. So, uh, but uh, I can see where you've gone for him. And obviously, you, you know, you don't, um, I, I guess the players who are motivated this week are, of course, the guys, uh, the home guys, the Canadian guys, uh, the guys who are, you know, struggling for the FedEx points and, and, and their, um, uh, you know, that's certainly a direction I've, yeah. I've looked at I as well. So, it was the one at the top that I thought was going to be as almost as motivated to perform well yeah. this week as next week compared to all the other players at the top of the yeah. betting, I suppose. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, so, um, yeah, and uh, what price is Corey again? What, uh, yeah, 22 to 1. 22 to 1, right. Um, and uh, I believe you've got a tune for him as well, following yeah, the Canadian yeah. theme. Sticking with the Canadian theme, I've gone for some 41 um, uh, motivation. I mean, I suppose it works twofold this week because we're, we're questioning the motivation of some players for playing certain events. But I think Connors has the will have the right motivation this week in in um, trying to win his national open. I actually, you know, I, uh, some five one from my favorite band, uh, favorite band in my youth. Um, this is off the album All Killer No Fill. I can't imagine I listened to uh, an album as much as um, as much as this from in my teenage years. So yeah, quite an, e- an easy choice that one. Excellent. Uh, and uh, I'm sticking with the Canadian theme for my first pick this week. Um, you've gone Connors. I've gone Hadwin. A uh, little bit bigger odds, obviously. Um, but uh, I guess that reflects the, the consistency and, and the level that uh, Connors can play to week in, week out. And, and obviously, his, um, y- you know, how he often sort of features in the big events and the majors and what have you. But um, I thought, I mean, there was 50 to 1 uh, early on. And, it was 66 um, when he opened. Was it? Blimey, okay. Well, I was uh, I was out doing other things at that point, unfortunately. <laughs> but, uh, I think it, uh, it was a missed price, you know, all day long. Because yeah. I had him straight down at that. But... Yeah, because I think you were on him last time. You, had, you were on the pod, weren't you? I think you had I was, him. I was on him uh, about six events in a row. So, he yeah, yeah. obviously win this week. But... Yeah. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, so there's only 40 to 1 available now, assuming you want the eight places. And... Um, I still think that's reasonable, to be honest. Oh, I do, yeah. So um, uh, I've gone with uh, Hadwin, and my my friend. I mean, let's say let's get the obvious out of the way. The, the Canada uh, Canadian link, as it were, and, and unlike. 
Connors, but as I say, I appreciate it's going to all change this week. But unlike Connors, he does seem to have thrived on the um, uh, the home stage over the years. I mean, he first played; he actually made his debut in in this on this track back in 2010. Obviously, long before he had a PGA Tour card, uh, and um, he was 37th that week, and he uh, started quite well, 68, 66. So, for what it's worth, he's he's shown a bit of something on on the course. Um, not really holding too much stock in that because I say the time that's elapsed, etc. But um, he was then fourth the following year when he was still obviously again not anywhere near having a PGA Tour card. Uh, he had another top 10 along the way, and then um, the last time this was play, played, he was sixth uh, uh, at the Hamilton um, venue, which uh, is only about so I think it's less than an hour away from here. So obviously, that's a uh, Good, good vibes in the area, as it were. Um, so, so he, he he knows how to perform under the um, under the gun, if you like, in front of the home fans, and uh, um, and he has, um, and obviously proved by the fact he backs about six weeks running. Shame he has, uh, uh, he has been playing some great stuff this year, yeah. and um, he he had I think three top tens running, um, starting around at uh, Sawgrass and. Um, of course, that's another sort of track with small, smaller greens, and um, uh, you know where you need to be sort of uh, uh, pre- pretty on, on your game from tee to green, and that's actually where his strengths are this season. Not not to the level of Connors necessarily, but um, he, he ranks thirtieth in his approach play. Uh, he's twenty seventh in um, uh, good old fashioned sort of uh, uh, greens in regulation. Uh, and um, uh, so you would think mm-hmm. that um, somewhere where Iron plays a test is going to be um, suited suit to his game. And um, uh, what I do like, and I've alluded to this already, is of course that his one tour win came at um, Copperhead, uh, home of the Valspar. Uh, mm-hmm. And that, of course, is a venue that um, does have five par fives. On, uh, sorry, five, it says five par fives, five par threes on it. Uh, so. Um, uh, he, you, you know, his par three performance uh, uh, is obviously fairly strong. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, I did, did like the fact, because, again, that's quite a sort of claustrophobic track, if you like. I, I did like the fact that that was one track I sort of leapt on with its um, par three links, if you like, to uh, uh, to this week. So the fact that he uh, got his PGA Tour win there, I thought, um, uh, you know, boded, uh, boded quite well for this week. And, um uh, and he's actually fifth, sitting thirteenth on tour in um, uh, par three scoring as well. So um, uh, I, I took that as a pretty strong positive. So um, he was—he'd um, had a few quieter weeks and then uh, picked it up a bit again at Memorial last week. So uh, um, I think he finished eighteenth at Memorial, uh, and he was poor on day one. He shot seventy-six on day one, so he came back well through the week. Uh, did well to make the cut, and uh, he ranked nineteenth from tee to green over the week. Which again, he'd lost strokes in that department on day one, so he was pretty strong for the remaining three days. So a nice warm-up, if you like, for what's the big event for him this week. So, so I thought forty to one was a fair price. Um, and um, yeah, I'm going to kick things off with uh, Adam Hadwin, and um, I'm confident he can give us a big week. So um, yeah, uh, over to you, Jamie, for your uh, your your second pick. <clears throat> yeah, my second pick, I've gone for Chris Kirk at fifty to one. Um, just just a couple of just uh, three starts we put, uh, put up that fantastic fifth place finish in the PGA Championship where we were third in the field, Tita Green. He's another one who just goes well at these you know these shorter tree line classic type courses. He's one. Colonial before he's got top tens at you know Mayakoba Heritage uh, TPC Southwind which is probably a bit trickier than 
the, the than the course will be this week. But you know, it's another tight, tough tree line course, thick rough. It's you know, it fits in. Um, his game, you know, the, the third third in tee to green at the PGA Championship wasn't out of the blue. He's, he's, he ranks 14th there for the season. Um, so he's one of the best tee to green players on tour all season, consistently playing well in that area. And well, in those areas, he's fifth around the green, 28th off the tee for the season, solid in approach and his uh, most recent start. So, you know, I'll, I'll forgive him a off week last week at Memorial. Yeah. Yeah. He's one of those players, isn't he? I mean, there's a few of them around at the moment. And, uh, uh, you know, Brian Harmon's another one, and Hadwin's one of them. That uh, uh, it's certainly been a few years since they won on the PGA Tour. I know Kirk got a win, didn't he, when he was on 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 the comeback after the time he took away from, from the game. He got a win on the um, Corn Ferry yeah, Tour, yeah. I believe. But uh, uh, but it's been quite a few years since uh, he, he won on the PGA Tour, and I think he's in that sort of. No one would be surprised if he got another win. In, the, in this season category, would they? So uh, uh, he's been knocking on the door for a little while now, so a little bit like Hadwin, um, a little bit like Brian Harmon, and um, uh, they can't all win, obviously, but um, no one would be surprised if, if Kirk got a win. And again, a bit like Billy Horschel, uh, you, you sort of, it's, it's about finding the right week. And uh, yeah. um, I've been on Kirk a couple of times this year and uh, Horschel a couple of times this year, and you just sort of hope that. Uh, um, of course, you, you, you get it right and get them the right week. But um, yeah, so I, I can certainly see the logic. And you say the colonial link where he's, he's obviously um, uh, got a great record at is, um, uh, is a course that I do think uh, potentially could tie in well here. So uh, uh, I can certainly see, see, see your logic. Um, is he in next week? Is he in the US Open? Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, so I didn't see his name in the qualifying today, so maybe he's it. Maybe he's in. So um, uh, because um, uh, did he have a decent finish? Um, where did he finish at the PGA the other week? Did he have a decent finish yeah. at the PGA? Fifth. So that may well have got him in, mightn't it, to the US? Oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so yeah, so um, so uh, and uh, I believe you've got a got a tune for him as well. So yeah, it's another gimmicky one here this week. Um, we've gone for the captain, Captain Kirk Star Trek. You know, Biffy yeah. from the Scottish rock band Biffy Clyro. Yeah, I, I remember Biffy. I mean, they've been around such a long time, haven't they? I actually went to tea for reasons I won't bore you with. I went to tea in the park many a moon ago, and they were more, almost like a sort of um, more of a sort of indie band and a rock band back then. Right. They, they, they sort of um, they, they gradually morphed over the years into this sort of humongous power rock band, as it were. So um, uh, yeah, I, I did quite like them actually. So. Um, uh, yeah, but they've certainly paid their dues and been a bit, you know, around a long time before they, they, they broke through. So do you have, I have no idea, but do you have any idea what Biffy Clyro means or stands for or where the name came from? Oh, absolutely no idea. I actually, I might Google that in a second, actually, while we're talking, see if I can find out. So I'm already on um, it. You're already on it. Are you give us an answer? Can have a quick look and see, see where the name <laughs> Biffy Clyro comes from. Uh, while you do that, I will, um, uh, I will, Tell you my next pick. Uh, and um, I'm going to um, go with Patrick Reed again this week. And uh, I was on Patrick Reed last week, and um, it was a little bit frustrating because it was one of those typical weeks where it's sort of, um, you, you know, one day the players got it and the next day they haven't, and uh, up and down. And he was unable to build on the the performance result wise anyway from uh, the colonial the previous week. Um, but um, there was still some decent stuff in there uh and uh he had a good day on friday um where uh he he was strong um you know from from tea to green uh and uh overall on the week uh he um 
he ranked um, pretty highly on the old-fashioned greens in regulation. So uh, just looking to see exactly what his stats were. But um, uh, um, uh, 23rd, 23rd from greens in regulation. And that's an area, obviously, off the tee has been an area he's been struggling with. But uh, as we already mentioned, we think there might be a little bit more room this week, but uh, his iron play has certainly improved a lot over the last few few weeks. Uh, it was yeah. strong at the PGA, it was strong at Colonial, and so it was reasonably strong last week. Um, he finished 53rd, but uh, all, all lists and ends, I know, but if he hadn't made an eight on the 15th on Sunday, that uh, um, uh, finish would have been quite a bit uh, bit higher. So, uh, as I say, there was some good stuff there. The short game was good around the greens, and uh, that'll hold him in good stead, obviously, if... Um, uh, you, you know, um, uh, he, he does miss some of these smaller greens this week. So, uh, but um, what I particularly like about him is that uh, um, as well as he's sort of starting to turn a corner, he, he does seem to perform well again on, on these um, uh, past 70 uh, or, part, you know, shorter shorter layouts. Uh, uh, I mean, very different type of course completely, obviously, but he performed well in Bermuda uh, last fall. He got his first win at um, Sedgefield Country Club. Um, he's, as we've already mentioned, um, he performed well at Colonial the other week, and he's uh, had a couple of other good finishes at Colonial over deep recent years as well. Uh, so that wasn't just a one-off. Uh, and um, coming back to my Valspar link, um, he's shown a good love for um, the Copperhead course over the years. He's been runner-up there twice as well. Um, and getting into the minutiae of the par three scoring as well, um, He's ranked, and he actually fell down a bit on this last, you know, memorial. But um, uh, he uh, is ranked twenty uh, fifth in par three efficiency from two hundred to two hundred and twenty five yards, and uh, four of these five par threes this week, if they play to their full length, for over two hundred yards. So um, I did look at that uh, stat quite closely, sort of long long par three scoring, as it were. So um, so there were a few things that made me think Reed's worth another chance. Uh, I think a little bit like when Spieth won last year in Texas before the Masters. Um, uh, I know Reed's a big name, but he's obviously been struggling with his game, so I think he'll be fully motivated to do the best he can this week. And, um, uh, you know, and if he can, notch another another win. Obviously, he's looking to get in that President's Cup team later in this year, the year and he's obviously very much on the outside of that at the moment. So, um so that's my angle for Patrick Reed. He's forty-five to one, which I thought in this field was uh, again worth um, uh, worth, worth chancing. Uh, and uh, got a point each way, fifth of the odds, first eight. Um, uh, Jamie, where does the name Biffy Clyro come from? Have you got the answer? Uh, no, not really. There's a lot of vague statements <laughs> about and it being an acronym for something and all kinds of things. Oh right, okay. Something we can't repeat on the uh, on the podcast because it might offend, possibly. Or um, yeah. no, it's, I think you have to say it in a Scottish accent, though, which I'm not willing uh, to do. Ah, right, okay. <laughs> fair, fair, fair enough. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, well, if any uh, Scots listeners uh, think uh, Craig Craig Thompson's Scot- uh, uh, very much Scottish, he might be able to give us the answer. If anyone's listening in, I know he's a bit of a regular listener, so uh, uh, if um, if you can tell us more about the origin of Biffy Clyro's name, um, that would be interesting so um anyway the next player coming back to our picks the next player we've both um gone with this week so i'm gonna let you uh uh talk us um uh through who it is before i'll i'll throw another canadian musical angle out but um uh yeah give it give us the um uh give us the reasoning for uh, the man we're both on uh, this yeah week. well well when you're looking at these shorter uh tighter tree-line courses brendan todd is a name what always stands out you know um especially off the back of such a good performance last time out at Colonial. I mean, he did, he did a little yeah. wrong there, finishing third behind 
you know, two of the best players in the world uh, at the minute in Sheffield and Burns. Yeah, you know, you, you know exactly what you get with him. He's straight off the team, uh, has a fantastic short game. You know, fifth in driving accuracy, sixth in uh, six with a putter, twelfth in scrambling. You know, um, he's one at Maya Corber. You know, another a, a similar track. Um, that third at Colonial was his third top ten there. He's had a fifth place finish at Herbertown. Um, you know, he's been good form of late as well. Just uh, five starts, so I think it was. He finished eighth eighth in Texas. So he's, he's been playing well for you know the the last few weeks. So you know, back at a, a favourable setup after he did little wrong last time out, he was just a no-brainer for me this week. Yeah, and and uh, I, I agree. And I thought the sixty-six to one was was more than fair. Um, uh, I can add in the fact that uh, on my uh, trawling through those par three efficiency stats from two hundred to two hundred and twenty-five yards, he's actually fifth in that. On oh, tour, so uh, and he's 22nd in the overall par three scoring on tour, so uh, that was another big positive for me. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, there's nothing really more for me to add to what, what you said, and um, I, I was, um, yeah, he, he, he was very much. Uh, I, I think the um, you look at the pair fives around here as well, they're all quite short, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, two of them are under 540 yards, and I think even Todd, you know, was one of the shortest hitters on tour, he's gonna be able to reach them most yeah. days, so. Yeah, yeah, I have seen no reason why he can't score well around here after playing so well at Colonial last time out. Yeah, no, that was that was my thoughts exactly. Uh, just to pick up on actually, um, uh, you, you touched on Colonial and you touched on Sam Burns. Uh, if I had, um, <coughs> excuse me, if I had had to go with one of the market leaders, um, I would have probably just, uh, you know, rolled the dice on Burns to keep keep it rolling, as it were, because uh, again, that Valspar link is very obvious. Uh, obviously, a back to back winner there. Uh, one of the, you know one of the stronger um, iron players on tour, and uh, um, and, and uh, he's he's not quite at the um, obviously uh, Thomas you would expect to be sort of tuning up uh, for another major and Scheffler etc. Um, but um, I think Burns is still at uh, uh, that stage where um, you know yes, of course he wants to perform better in majors, but. Um, uh, he, uh, uh, I think he's very much just sort of, uh, you, you know, going 100% in each event, as it were. I don't, uh, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think he's quite got to the stage in his career yet where he's um, uh, sort of tuning up for a major in the way that um, Thomas would be. But um, uh, I guess we can add McElroy into the category as defending champion. Um, mm. But um, obviously, uh, he continues to frustrate. So I think it would have been Burns for me at the top of the market with the obvious Valspar link. But um, I, I couldn't pull the trigger at 12 to 1 or whatever he is but uh but Todd at 66 to 1 um I'm 100% uh all in with you on and uh uh for the all reasons you you mentioned so um hopefully he can uh perform for both of us and um my next musical pick uh and um I'm not going to claim to be an expert on this band but uh when I think of Canadian music uh and Canadian rock uh, there's one song that springs to mind, and um, uh, it's uh, Spirit of Radio by Rush. Um, and uh, I'm not uh, some old sort of uh, 70s rock, uh, uh, rock dinosaur, as it were, but um, uh, to be honest, I know a little about Rush and probably couldn't even name you one of their other songs. But uh, uh, this, this is the first, if you ask me to name a Canadian rock band, then it would be Rush, and this would be the song that... Uh, uh, spring to mind. Uh, are you familiar with this bit before your time, Jane? Um, I think the only place I've heard of Rush, and they mention a lot in the. Um, have you seen the film I Love You, Man? With, uh, uh, I haven't. No, with tell me what's with, it about? Paul, with Paul Rudder. He, he's, a, he's quite. He's a bloke who's getting married, and he's you know he's 
spent most of his life with like girlfriends so doesn't have any male friends so he has to go, go around um, effectively having mandates with a load of blokes to try and find someone to be his best man at his wedding all right, okay. being best mates for bloke who's mad on rush, so I think that's the only time I've heard of the band. <laughs> okay, so uh, I think it's well, that, anyway. yeah, well, quite possibly, but that I don't, I don't know. But um, uh, yeah, but Spirit of Radio by Rush. When you, if you do give it a listen, it might be a song that uh, comes to mind uh, or you recognise me here. It's uh, they're one of these bands that probably have um, you know drum kit uh, uh, layout on stage the size of my house or something and you know sort of uh, back in the day I'm sure very very long hair etc and uh, uh, and um, I believe the lead singer goes by the name of Geddy Lee but even that I can't swear blind on uh, but um, yeah but what I do know because I um, read up, up on this quickly before we came on the pod is that the song uh, called the say spirit of radio uh was inspired by the slogan of a toronto radio station so that's a nice link to uh where we are this week in toronto so uh and um i'm gonna go with a live version of it i mean if you go onto spotify there's about 20 versions of it from various greatest hits album and the original album which i think it came out in 1980 but uh several live versions and i'm going to go with a live version of it because it's one of those songs that i'm sure will be better live so uh uh so spirit of radio by rush is my uh next song uh and my next pick um is um ct pan uh and um CT Pan was one of those, you know, as I say, we, we as, as I'm sure you're the same, Jamie, is as, as, as golf tipsters slash punters, we like to think we have an edge when we sort of find something a little bit different. And, you know, particularly when you look at a new course, you sort of join all the dots up and suddenly you think, hang on, I think I'm onto something here. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and to be honest, I was a little bit disappointed with CT's price when it came out today. I thought I might have got some 80s or even something a little bit bigger but um uh for eight places it's 66 to one but having sort of put the put all the pieces together with him over the weekend uh or yesterday when i was looking at this starting to look at this i couldn't leave him out really because uh he, he just sort of leapt out at me from all the different angles so so the angles are um um first of all uh obviously we know he has um uh form on these shorter tracks of course he won at uh, uh won at hilton head um he's um a lot of third place at colonial uh he's got a runner-up at sedgefield country club so um although he has produced some stuff on longer tracks like uh, uh augusta obviously in that autumn masters he um uh, is very much at home on this this type of layout and he just seems to play a lot of his best stuff on past 70s or past 71 so he's played well at the honda classic for example which is uh, uh obviously a par past 70 track so um so so that was there and straight in front of us of course but then i looked at the par three scoring that i've been talking about uh and um he figures very highly on those stats as well uh he's uh i think he's ranked six six on the uh par three efficiency from 200 to 225 yards and he's up there uh on the general par three scoring stats as well on the, on the season um and um it's worth noting that sam burns sits very highly in that par three 200 225 yards stat which obviously again i've linked uh, linked with the valspar so um 
So that really um, uh, was something that caught my eye as well. Uh, then I thought, okay, well, let's see if uh, CT's got any history in Canada. Uh, and as well as having just played this event once and finished 14th, uh, when he first came out on tour, uh, he played the Mackenzie Tour of Canada in 2014, uh, first year as a pro, um, and uh, he won twice. Uh, so um, he's got two wins in Canada, so he, he must have been very you know, I'm sure going back and playing in Canada will be very comfortable. So th there was quite a lot there I liked about him and, and his form of late. Um, he's obviously had some decent finishes this season, but uh, uh, he, he's made something like his last six or seven cuts on the spin and he's just sort of finishing 30th and 40th every week and sort of same again this weekend, just gone at Memorial. So, um, uh, but as we know, and, and as I'm sure you know, Jamie, there's a very small difference between finishing 30th and finishing third on tour, isn't there? Sort of, um, yeah. you, you, you know, a slight improvement, you know, one one iron shot or two better iron shots a day or whatever, and that's between winning and finishing 50th. So, um, so there was a lot I liked about CT Pan, although I was slightly um, disappointed with the 66s, uh, I just think, um, yeah, he's got um he's a type he's isn't he's, he's, yeah, he's, he's, you know his, his approach play has been fantastic of late as well hasn't it you know he seems yeah. to not be missing a beat really with the irons and his well all season so mm -hmm. yeah he was another one who was on the radar this week just like um reed as well and had win you know yeah, so, one of those weeks where i think a lot of people will have the same kind of pool of yeah. players won't they yeah, so um, so CT Pan for me, um, he's uh, he's my fourth selection, uh, and in our long line of um, Canadian music this week, um, I'm going to go with another band, uh, Toronto band, uh, and this is one you probably don't know, Jamie, but uh, well, maybe you do, I don't know, but uh, uh, I really recommend giving this a, giving this a listen. Um, it's uh, by a band called Metric, um, and uh, the song's called Monster Hospital. Uh, and it's from their um, uh, Live It Out album 2006. Uh, uh, it was actually uh, named one of the top tunes of the year by the NME that year, uh, for what it's worth. Uh, but um, it's a cracking sort of indie punk type song. Um, Metric are a pretty, I mean, they've never made it big over here, but they're part of the sort of Canadian alternative scene. I think uh, the lead singer Emily Haynes has played with Broken Social scene as well um uh who um i think uh, ben actually had one of their songs on the pod the other week so uh but um yeah um they're, they're a good great band and uh i love this song this is probably their standout song um and uh, uh really worth a listen so it's called monster hospital uh toronto band um metric and um do give it a listen so um so yeah back to your selections jamie i think you've just gone with the four this week and uh you you having said that you looked at ct pan um this guy that uh you've now gone with is someone that i look very closely at so he'll be the one that i'll be hiding behind the sofa if he does um come in this week so yeah give, give us your fourth and final yeah it's uh tyler duncan at 125 to one uh without saying like a broken record he's he fits the bill of the uh my previous selections uh, a straight hitting uh, steady, accurate ball striking, tight, you know, uh, ranking ninth for the season, driving actually 38th in greens of regulation. You know, accuracy, accuracy is his game. And he comes here off the back of, you know, he's putting, he's putting quite poorly for most of the year, but he comes here off the back of his best putting performance of the year at Colonial last time out. Um, um, on, on, on bent grass greens as well, which is yeah. positive for this week. Um it's, it's telling that that, that uh, performance at Colonial, um, along with 
he's 12th for the heritage of his two best performances of the year. You know, it's quite telling that it's on the, the type of courses that he's, he's gone well on so far this year. The, these short tree line tracks are just his bag. Um, yeah. His T to green ranking very impressive this year. He ranks 46th overall, which effectively means he's playing his best, the best golf of his career on the PJ Tour um, T to green. So combine yeah. that with if you can combine that with the good good putting performance he had last time out at Colonial, this is the type of course where I can imagine him having another uh, strong performance. Yeah, uh, and he's right up there on the par three scoring as well. I don't know if you noticed that, but um, yeah, he, he's ranked uh, highly on the par three scoring. I think, and I've not got it in front of me, but I think he might be in the top five on par three scoring on talk. So uh, that certainly bodes well. So, so he was someone. Yeah, for all, all the reasons you've given, I, I, I looked at um, uh, pretty closely. To be honest, there was a there was a few around that um, uh, because you, you know we could see obviously. Um, could see a real Skinner coming this week. So there was a few I looked at uh, uh, in the three figures. Uh, I looked um, quite closely at uh, uh, Stefan Jaeger because um, yeah. uh, he's obviously started to show something and um, uh, he's also battling, um, you know, we're getting gradually to that time of year when, uh, you know, players are looking at their FedEx rankings and obviously need, need the big week. Um, uh, so, um, yeah, he, he was very much on, on my radar. Uh, uh, I, I looked quite closely at Nick Hardy, uh, but um, I was a bit disappointed with the, his odds, to be honest, for, for what he'd done on the PGA Tour. I, I thought, uh, you yeah. know, I'd have expected more than 100, 100 to 1, or I think there's 150 to 1, actually, but I started have expected bigger than that, really. So, um, well, similar types around that, that Merck, you know, JT Poston was, I mean, David yeah. Lipsky's been playing really solid. Yeah. He was another one who, who kind of fits the bill around this type of course. Yeah, Aaron, so Aaron Rye, three figures as well. He's, he's yeah, Aaron Rye. Yeah, he was uh, certainly very much on the radar. So there's a, uh, you know, there's a few guys there that you could um, uh, certainly see. Sort of, um, you wouldn't be surprised if they they popped up. But um, uh, but for my final selection, uh, I went with a two hundred to one shot, and um, I decided to take a bit of a flyer on Ben Martin. And um, yeah, so I mean, we are really as obviously is sort of befits a 200 to one shot. It's a fairly sort of uh, te tenuous selection, shall we say, or uh, strand of threads or th um, um, thread. Uh, but um, uh, yeah, so he again, over the years, uh, has, has produced um, a lot of his best golf on, on the shorter tracks. Uh, he um, uh, obviously had a great performance at uh, Sawgrass. Uh, uh, once where he finished top five, he, he's um, uh, finished uh, top five at um, Hilton Head. Uh, he's produced um, top tens at uh, Wildlife Country Club uh, and at Colonial as well. So again, you know, all, all the, the sort of places we're, uh, we're we're talking about, particularly Colonial, I think um, you know perhaps um, reflects maybe closer to those to, to this week. But again, that's obviously a bit of speculation, but. Um, uh, and uh, of course, he had the big week at the Corrales earlier this year, where um, although he finally uh, uh, got got pipped at the last by Chad Ramey, he um, uh, literally led from sort of you know hole one to hole seventy one, and before he uh, failed to get in the playoff at the end there. But he, he showed you know some real character across the week to keep keep the lead and uh, uh, you know play under that pressure. Bearing in mind what it would have um, you know he didn't sort of crumble away and day three or what have you. So uh, we know he knows how to win. Of course, he, he won the won the Shriners. Um, so um, this this is a massive, um, <coughs> excuse me, a massive week for him. Uh, he's down at, um, you know, 160-something or whatever in the FedEx Cup rankings. Uh, he doesn't get 
many starts uh, based on his status. So he's been scratching around for a start. Um, he has made three of his four cuts uh, uh, in the solo events. He's managed to get uh, uh, get his tee in the ground in it, as it were, since um, since, since that um, uh, performance at the Koralas. Um, that's through the four cuts on the PJ Tour. But uh, but he did get a start on the Corn Ferry Tour um, uh, last week. Not this week, and just gone, but the previous week. Uh, and uh, he finished tenth, so um, he's got a little bit of momentum to bring into this week. Uh, and um, uh, when he is at his best, as I say, he, he's known as a good tee to green player. Um, for what it's worth, and this is obviously pretty tenuous, but both of his um, uh, best two performances on the PGA Tour, the win at the Shriners and the runner-up at the John Deere, came on tracks that have three par fives, which is what we got this week. So, um, But um, I just thought he's the type of player who could possibly step up and take advantage. I, I couldn't see him anywhere in the US Open qualifying, and even if he did miss him and he got in he's certainly not going to be skipping this week because um obviously he needs every start he can get um on the pga tour so um so uh, i don't think we need to, to worry about that but i think he's gonna be 100 focused on, on on the job in hand um uh this week and um yeah i just um thought he was uh you know he was someone i liked out that 200 to one i thought he was worth worth chancing so yeah um uh, is he a guy that uh, ever comes uh, comes on your radar much at all? Or, um... uh, I must have. I, I think he had him down on the shortlist in the Corn Ferry event um, a couple of weeks ago. I mean, yeah. we're a player like that who's, who's you know, so far, far down the price. I take it as a positive that they're just making cuts, to be honest. I mean, making the cut in that tough Wells Fargo win at the Heritage, you know, the, the, the tough yeah. events were decent enough field. So he's, he's playing solid enough, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, and as I say, he needs he needs to find something. Obviously, just uh, one more big finish would um, get him right up towards that 125. So, uh, uh, and that's obviously his goal to get the card back, and that was obviously why um, it was such a heartbreak sort of moment for him at, at the Corrales when he yeah. just uh, lost out. So, uh, um, so he, he's my final pick for the week, and uh, my final musical pick for the week. The final. Um, uh, Canadian link. Uh, we so say we've gone, I think, um, apart from um, your Biffy Claro, we're all Canada this week. So, uh, uh, Tyler Tambaline, if you're listening, we've got some of Canadian, Canada's favorite bands on there. So, uh, um, and uh, yeah, we can't have a Canadian music week without having some Arcade Fire, obviously. So, um, uh, I think we've had the Arcade Fire on the pod once before this uh, year. Uh, and um, I'm going to go this time with um, Reflector. Uh, which is the title track from their 2013 album. And um, there's something about this song. I just really, really like it. It's, um, I mean, it's almost disco music, really, in the, in the very loosest sense of the word, because I don't really know anything about disco music. But uh, uh, it's just a really sort of got a really good vibe. It sort of gets in your head and sort of builds up as it goes along. I don't. I mean, do, do you know much about Arcade Fire? You're a fan of theirs, Jamie? No, or, admittedly, um... I, I don't. I mean, I've, I've heard, I probably have heard, will have heard some of the songs, but I can't yeah. name you any. Yeah, well, um, uh, yeah, they're uh, obviously uh, unique to their own, as it were, but um, uh, I just really, really like this song. I always have done ever since it came out. I mean, I like Arcade Fire in general. So um, so I'm going with um, the title track for the 2013 album, Reflector, uh, and that is my final pick for the week, musically. So, um, yeah, 
So before we wrap up, wrap up uh, we've obviously got this small batter of the uh, free bet to um, uh, dish out. And uh, we actually got closer. I need someone to have a winner on one of these free bets. Uh, and uh, we, we got the closest we probably got last week with um, McNulty last week, who had gone with Neiman. Uh, and uh, there was a time yesterday when, uh, you know, he got with a couple of shots. It looked like he might post a number and then uh, obviously he made that double bogey, but uh, certainly gave McNulty a good run run for his money. Um, and uh, so that was a great shout. But um, uh, this week we've got some great selections again, as always. So I'm just going to pull them up on my phone, if you bear me a second. Um, we've obviously got um, uh, Arcade Fire was suggested by a couple of people. Uh, I think um, it was Chris Lofthouse who said, uh, keep the car running by Arcade Fire. Uh, we've got uh, a selection for Panic, brackets Hang the DJ by the Smiths for uh, uh, DJ and uh, his um, uh, trip over to Centurion Club this week. That came from Big Day Buses. Um, uh, we've got uh, Ho Hey by the Lumineers for Billy Ho uh, from Greg Petru. Thank you, Greg. Um, uh, we've got another um, arcade fire selection, either um, put your money on me or ready to start from JGO. Um, and what else have we got here? Um, uh, there's more here. Oh, I'm missing them now. Never mind. Okay. Um, but uh, so often I've not mentioned your picks. They've all vanished. But uh, but what I am going to go with, because uh, A.R. Thompson, he's been plugging away, uh, desperately looking to get Carter on Carter USM, Carter the Unstoppable Sex Machine, if you remember them from back in the, uh, uh, the 90s. Uh, and um, uh, your... Your numbers finally come up, uh, AR, and um, uh, he's gone with Billy's Smart Circus by AR Thompson. So, um, uh, obviously, uh, in honor of Billy Horschel and the win, so it's Billy's Smart Circus from uh, uh, Carter USM. So, we finally get some Carter on the pod. Um, uh, well done. I'll be um, messaging you about a free bet. So, um, yeah, that's uh, the winner of this free bet selection. So, um Give us a recap of your uh, your picks, uh, Jamie. Who, uh, who have you gone with again? Yeah, we've got Corey Connors at twenty two to one, Chris Kirk at fifty to one, Brendan Todd at sixty six to one, Tyler Duncan at one hundred twenty five to one. Marvelous, uh, and uh, I've got um, Adam Hadwin at forty to one, Patrick Reed at forty five to one, CT Pan at sixty six to one. Uh, same with you, Brendan Todd at sixty six to one, and Ben Martin at two hundred to one. All the points each way, eight places. Uh, next week. US Open week. Really looking forward to that and delighted to say that um, uh, Brian Kirshner from uh, Tapping Birdie podcast will be joining um, me again to preview the US Open. So uh, obviously we've got uh, guests from over the pond um, uh, on um, in honour of the US Open next week. So uh, really excited about that. Um, and um, remind us of your musical picks for the uh, playlist, uh, Jamie. Yeah, we had Simple simple Plans, I'm Just a Kid. Um we had some 41's Motivation and The Captain by Biffy Clyro. Marvellous. And uh, I've gone with, um, what have I gone with? Um, Everything Counts, the live version, uh, Depeche Mode, um, the grabbing hands, grab all they can, uh, in honour of this week's first live golf event. 
Uh, and then um, I've got, what else have we got? Spirit of Radio by Rush, uh, that all-time Canadian rock classic. Uh, Monster Hospital by Metric. Um, Reflector by Arcade Fire. Uh, and then the winner of the free bet is um, Billy's Smart Circus by Carter USM, as chosen by uh, A.R. Thompson. So, um Jamie, thank you so much for joining us again. Um, Thanks for having another, me uh, Well, it's been uh, cracking to have you again, and thank you for running the gauntlet of the uh, the Canadian Open uh, and um, all that uh, uh, all the conundrum that it brings. Um, and um, anything? Um, uh, I'm trying to think. We got the Scandinavian mixed event this week. Uh, any thoughts on that yet? Or are you still working that one out? Uh, um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting event. You know, uh, event this year. There's a couple of particularly uh, young female Swedish players who played well in the event last year, uh, Maya Stark and Lynn Grant. And mm. since then, the careers have just taken off. So I'm, I'm interested to, I'm not necessarily saying I'm going to back them this week, but very interested to see how they go this uh, this week after such a good performance last year, considering the much better players now. So. Right. Okay. So, um, and what about, um, we got, I suppose, well, is the, the Asian tour, does that sort of double up as the live event this week? So is there anything uh, else? Uh, yeah, I don't think there's any Asian. Yeah. I don't think it's like the airline. It's not an official, like. yeah, it's not, it's not an official Asian event, is it? Yeah. some kind of hook in there. I don't know. Really. But, um, yeah. Um, and, um, uh, anything going on, on the LPGA this week to keep yeah, on? Yeah, the ShopRite Classic on the LPGA, the Japanese tour events. So, absolutely jam-packed full again. Plenty to keep us occupied without even having to uh, log on to YouTube and uh, yeah. uh, watch uh, DJ and um, Phil fight over there. Who should have got 200 and who should have got 100 million? So, um, mm. yeah, so uh, we'll, we'll leave that one to uh, to them. So, uh, but uh, yeah, thanks so much for coming on, Jay. Remind everyone where they can find you and find your stuff on. Uh, um... Yeah, you can find me previews on the Betting Odds UK and my Twitter handle is jworsley89. Marvellous. And um, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, I'm Martin Matthews. You can find me uh, at SundogMonkey on Twitter. Uh, and also you can follow the pod um, at the Alter Golf pod. Um, and um, you can also find me doing the final round previews for Sporting Life uh, on a Sunday, as well as obviously my weekly uh, written preview through Sundog's Golf World. So um, so thank you for listening, everyone. Um, and um, let's uh, back some winners. And don't forget to turn the music up loud. And we'll see you all again next week for the US Open. Uh, until then, um, good night. <laughs>